I'm going to ask you to turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And I want to speak to you today on a very important word, a very important of the doctrine in Christianity. With all through the Bible, salvation, of course, being the number one doctrine of Christianity. But the return of Christ is mentioned 329 times throughout this word. It is the second most recorded doctrine in the scriptures. So I want to talk to you about the return of Christ. You know, just a few weeks ago, we celebrated what we call the greatest event in the history of the world, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We mentioned how important it was that if he didn't rise, then all of this is worth nothing. But the one who claimed to be the Son of God proved that he was the Son of God with not only all the miracles that he did and the prophecies he fulfilled, but his bodily resurrection. His body rose from the grave. Praise God. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. He has commissioned the church, those who believe, to go out into all the world and share this good news. And then he promised he's going to return. So this one who rose and then ascended is also coming back. In John chapter 14, starting in verse 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's coming back. Amen. Amen. I will return or I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And his disciples are there listening to this. And Thomas says to him in the next line, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answers, verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. It's not the false doctrine the world wants to say that all roads lead to the higher power. And it can be any higher, higher power, no matter you can, if you know, you just have to have faith and be sincere. No, we know you can be sincere all your life and find out at the end you've been sincerely wrong. You can have faith all your life and find out at the end you've had faith in the wrong one. Jesus said it very clear, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except by me. He's the only way. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So another disciple asks another question that he's supposed to know by now. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been with you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the full expression of the Father walking among us, walking this earth. To see him and to know him is to know the Father, and the only way to know the Father is to know the Son, Jesus Christ. So this same Jesus that rose from the grave is telling us here, 
he will return. Let's go a little deeper into this doctrine, this truth of his return. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. We know that after Jesus rose from the grave, his physical body coming out of the grave, walking around uh, in the midst of his disciples and showing himself alive, the Bible says uh, beyond you know, any, uh, all proof, he proved himself. Okay? He showed himself for a period of 40 days. He didn't just rise and that same day leave and go to heaven. He rose and walked around the earth and appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven. So he showed himself to his disciples several times. At one time, he just showed himself to over 500 people. So just, you know, putting yourself in that day and thinking about it, with all of the news already, possibly people talking and wondering, could this be the Messiah? Is the one they nailed to the cross, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? And the people were divided because of him. And Jesus wants to let us know that the world will still be divided until he returns because of him. And I want to hear to let you know and encourage you, be not be, don't be troubled. He is returning even though the world is becoming more divided because of him. Okay? Don't let that trouble your hearts. Don't let the shakings that's going on in governments and the shakings going on in the world trouble you to know Jesus predicted this and he let us know there's going to be more and more division. There's going to be unity more and more in the body of Christ. The church is going to grow in truth and grow together, but there's going to be conflict between the light and the darkness of the world. And that conflict is going to be sharper and more and more clear as all of us can see daily. So in Acts, he tells us this, verse 6. So when they met together, this is Acts chapter 1, verse 6, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the dates or the times the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm really glad that when he said the ends of the earth, he included Winsboro, Louisiana. Aren't you? So he's telling them. He, he's talking to them about what's to come and getting ready. And he said, hey, are, are, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're remembering the Old Testament. They're remembering the, the writings. They remember the book of Moses. They remember... Uh, Kings and Chronicles, they remember all of the things that uh, uh, in Solomon's day, how the glorious temple and they had peace on every side and Israel was a great nation. And they're thinking along those lines again. And he's saying, no, you don't know about those times and what's coming, but what you will have, you're going to receive the power of my spirit, the spirit of the living God living inside of you to be an effective witness all over the earth. Again, I can't emphasize that strong enough. The reason he cleansed you by his blood, he cleansed you and took away your sin is so that he could live in you. Church, if you're a Christian, you can know 
that the sin has been cleansed. The Holy Spirit is holy, is the Spirit of God, and couldn't live in you if you were still recognized as a sinner with a sin nature. The blood of Jesus washed your sin that he might live in you. Remember, the goal of his grand plan, the big picture, is for God to dwell with mankind forever. It's for God to dwell with us, to be with us, to live with us. Amen? To enjoy hey, a great and wonderful Abba, Father God, living among the creation. He created the whole thing. He made it beautiful and wonderful as in the Garden of Eden. It was messed up by sin. And his plan always was to restore the order the way he created it, that his glory would fill the earth. So he took care of the sin. He sent the Spirit to dwell in those who would believe. And then he gave us the commission to take this gospel of the kingdom coming and spread it throughout the earth. And then he's going to return. Amen? That simplifies things very much. But that's it in a nutshell, the good news of the gospel. He says, you will receive the power of the Spirit, that the Spirit living in you would make you an effective witness to what I have done. Now verse... 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud, hid him from their sight. So here is the ascension. After he rose from the grave, after he ministered to them and talked to them for 40 days, he told them, hey, go and wait for the promise. The promise you've heard the prophets talk about, about the Spirit coming Go back to Jerusalem and wait, and you will be filled. And then he ascends. Now they see him leave the earth. They see him rise, praise the Lord. Okay? From their very eyes. In verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back. There it is again, circle that word. Will return or come back in the same way you have seen him go. So they watched him, they listened to him, they talked to him. Now he brings them, they're on the Mount of Olives. And there as he's ministered to them, he tells them and commissions them. And then they see him rise. And I can just picture, you know, those 12 disciples, they're still looking up like this. And all of a sudden, there's two angels standing next to them. Hey, guys, why are y'all still staring at the sky? Saying, look, this same Jesus whom you're, you're going to see him come down. He's not coming next time as a baby in a manger. He's coming down in all of his glory. He's coming down in all of his power. He's coming down, praise God, to take us away, but also to judge the earth, okay? The time of his judgment is not now. The time of his judgment is coming. Praise God, you live and we live in the time of his grace, where his truth and his grace is going out, where he has died for the sin of all the world, even those who have not yet accepted it, their sin has been paid for and their judgment fell on him. But there's coming a time, church, when that time is over and it's time to, to see who has received what he has done and who has rejected it. And when he comes that time, it will be too late. 
And when he comes again, praise God, he's coming to judge the earth. So your time to choose to believe in him and begin to follow him is now. Amen? Hallelujah. So he's coming again. I will come back in the same way you've seen me go. Praise the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in verse 12, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Okay? When they got back, they went to the upper room. They waited another 10 days, 40 days, he revealed himself. On the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit that was promised was poured out on those who believe. Amen? And filled the church with the power of God to be an effective witness to carry this message to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. But I just want to point out to where he left from, it says right here, they were at the Mount of Olives. You know, I've been to the Mount of Olives. I believe Dr. Brasfield's getting another trip going in November, and we have a few folks in here already signed up, going to go to Jerusalem, going to see the Mount of Olives, going to see the Garden of Gethsemane, going to see the empty tomb, going to see those places. Clay and I were there several years ago, and now we have a few more going from the church. If you're interested in going, let us know. But praise the Lord. So that's about to happen. But we were there, and we, and we saw this Mount of Olives where Jesus ascended. But I want you to know, the Bible also says when he returns, he's returning to that spot as well. Go with me, hallelujah, to Zechariah. An easy way to get there from Acts, just flip back to Matthew and then go back a few pages. You'll see the prophet Malachi and then Zechariah. Zechariah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In chapter 14, Zechariah 14, I'm going to show it to you starting in verse 1. Now here, looking at all of prophecy, we can see there's coming a time when Jesus is going to call his church off of this planet, and we're going to go to be with him. Then, literally, all hell breaks loose on the earth. Okay, The Antichrist rises to power. There's going to be a battle we call the Battle of Armageddon. And at this time in that battle, when the, the kings are fighting one another, and they come to the valley of Megiddo, why it's called Armageddon, Okay, they come to that valley and the kings come from the east and we see in prophecy, we see Russia and China and Persia. And what's interesting to note about prophecy, church, is those nations are aligning together now on the news and politics. Okay, there's nations that's always been against what's happening in the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of Antichrist operating in their systems. We know Islam system you know, um, teaches and, and hates Christianity and hates the Jews. We know the, the Hindus in India, you know, I was banned from going there when they found out I was a pastor. They're persecuting Christians in that country now. We know that Buddhists in Sri Lanka and other countries, you know, a very peaceful people, they appear on the outside until Christianity begins to grow in their cities. And then they've attacked churches as well. 
So we see and we know from history that the political system of communism, the political system of communism and socialism, where they, didn't, they oppressed all religions because they didn't want any of it. They wanted communism to be their god. And we see how Russia rose to that and, then, and China as well. And they were always trying to spread that around the world. And folks, wherever we see these false religions and wherever we see this economic oppression of the people in communism and oppressing people's religious freedom, we see trouble and trial and death and decay and poverty and sickness and all kind of things. Just look at Venezuela today. Look at Cuba years gone by. Look at all of these nations. If you study history, you'll see that where nations proclaimed Jesus to be Lord, there was blessing in all those countries. You see, the United States is still the most blessed nation on earth, founded on the principles, Judeo-Christian principles, and founded to spread the gospel from one coast to the other, and still the most blessed nation on earth. So you see this, the oppression of false religion and the oppression of a dictator and, um, and communist governments around the, around the world. And where Christ is in the center of his people, there's freedom, there's democracy, there's, there's abundance, and there's blessing. Amen? Do you understand? Do we see that? We're on the same page. We see that. So it says here, there's coming a time when the, the, the church has been raptured out and because we have the Spirit of God living in us and we're holding back the evil that's out there, okay? Well, that, at that time, the evil will run rampant and there'll be all kind of attacks and there'll be the battle of Armageddon coming. And it's at this time when Jesus' second coming, his physical return to this earth. And Zechariah gives a little picture of this. He says, the day of the Lord is coming when your plunder will be divided among you. Chapter 14, 2. I will gather all nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. The city will be captured. The houses ransacked. The women raped. Half of it will go into exile, but the rest of the people will be not taken from the city. Verse 3. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand, where? On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem. And the Mount of Olives will split in two from east to west, forming a great valley. Half of the mountain will be moving north, and half of the mountain moving south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for it will extend to Azel. You will flee as you fled the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. So it's predicting and telling about this day when the nations are gathered, the nations who have rejected the Lord, they are gathered against Israel, against Jerusalem, and Jesus returns to win and end the battle. Praise God once and for all. The Bible says in verse 6, just follow along with me in Zechariah, on that day there will be no night, no cold or frost. It will be a unique day without daytime or nighttime, day, a day known to the Lord. When evening comes, there will be light. Verse 8, on that day living water will flow from Jerusalem, half to the eastern sea and half to the western sea in summer and winter. Verse 9, the Lord will be king over the whole earth, on that day there will be one Lord, and his name the only name. 
it begins to describe this as Jesus returns with his saints riding with him. We know the scripture, the verse talk about he'll be riding on a white horse in Revelation. Praise God. We're riding with him. Comes back to the earth when all of those who have rejected him and gathered their armies and have come across the Euphrates River and they're coming to attack Jerusalem and there's a battle in the Valley of Megiddo, the Battle of Armageddon, and Jesus Christ wins the battle. Amen? Hallelujah. So he comes down not as a baby in a manger, you know, to save the world from our sins, but this time he's coming back as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, to win that battle final and judge the earth. Amen? So this same Jesus who ascended and commissioned us with power to go out and take this word around the earth, praise God, is also coming back. He says here in Zechariah, that there'll be water flowing, a stream, living water flowing from Jerusalem, half to the eastern sea and half to the western sea. It's also described, and we use the verse Ezekiel 47, 9, to describe this church and what God is doing. The Bible says there'll be that city, Jerusalem, and there'll be a river flowing from under the throne out from the temple and there it'll flow and it'll flow into the dead sea it'll flow into the jordan flow into the dead sea and the dead sea becomes life so the river of life praise the lord flow and the bible says so wherever the river flows everything shall live that's why the name of this church is the river of life he's talking about in john 7 37 he has, who has received the spirit out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water the same rivers of life that's going to physically throw, physically flow from the temple of Jerusalem out there then and flow to the Dead Sea and make it cause to be life. That's going to fit. You're going to be able to see it with your eyes. That river is flowing spiritually right now. It's that river that's in us, the Holy Spirit that's flowing out of us that touched all of these people that caused them to go from death to life. You see, that's why they were baptized today. Because the river of life came out of the people, praise the Lord, and touched their life. And where they took a drink and received it, it caused them to go from death to life. And now they're baptized, expressing that the river of life has touched their life. Amen? It's living water. Well, everything, praise God, in the Old Testament was a physical representation of what's going to happen in the New. And in the New Testament, it is spiritual. But praise God, when Jesus returns, it's going to be physical again. Are you with me? So there's going to be a real heaven and a real earth and a real temple and a real river flowing out to a real lake that's going to come to real life. Hallelujah. And I've told many people over the years that I'm going to dive in that river. And when I come up, I'm going to splash you. And you're going to remember me telling you this. Because it's real. Because I've had a taste of it already. I'm not being weird with you and saying, you know, I've had weird dreams or something. I'm telling you, we have a down payment on what is to come. The down payment is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in us is awakening alive the scriptures to us. And making us understand. He said, when I go, he's telling his disciples, it's good that I go. Because when I go, I'm going to send my spirit who's going to live in you. And this is what he said about the spirit. And he will show you 
things yet to come. The Holy Spirit will be in you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will open the scriptures to you and explain it to you and help you understand prophecy and help you understand the book of Revelation and help you understand Ezekiel and get you ready and prepared for what's coming and equip you and empower you to be an effective witness. Even in this broken and fallen world, the spirit has life and when you flow with the spirit, it's going to produce life in your family and neighbors and friends and others. See, we can't contain it. That's why Fresh Start has to reach people from Lake Charles and from Florida and from other places because it can't be contained in the walls of a denomination or a church. It must flow out. I can't help it. I'm getting ready to go in June back to Africa. I can't, I can't not go. It's a calling. It's in, there's a fire in me. It has to be done. We've got to go. That's, it's, it's Christ in us living. We have a vision and a calling and the river flowing out. And we've got to go where he leads us. We have to extend. You will be commissioned with the power to be an effective witness all the way to Winsboro. All the way to Lake Charles. All the way. It's going to flow out in that river, praise God. As we come together, as we come together, the streams of the river in you in the streams of the river in me, in the streams in the river in you, it comes together powerfully and it starts flowing out these aisles. And when it gets out the doors, it can't be contained. It touches your business. It touches your family. It touches your grandkids. It touches everything because it's in you. <laughs> flowing out. Hallelujah. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. If you're in Christ, you're on the winning side. Don't let the news dictate to you. Let your heart not be troubled. He's already won, and he's coming back. He's going to win a physical battle that spiritually is already won. That's why when he comes back, you don't read about how long the battle is or how many weeks we're fighting or this, that. No, no, no. By the breath of his mouth, bam, it's done. Hallelujah. Okay? I'm going to be riding with him. Okay? Praise the Lord. Don't get, try to get too close. Don't get my spot. I'm going to be riding with him. Got to learn how to ride that horse. Hallelujah. I want to see it when that fire goes out from his mouth. Amen? See, the fire is going out now. It's not a fire of judgment. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. You see, he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And the life of Christ in you and the fire removes any sin. It cleanses you. His blood of Christ has washed you. But the fire in you will cleanse, begin to cleanse your mind. Begin to cleanse how you think. Begin to cleanse your ways. See, the fires are... The, the, okay, help. The same fire that's changing you and cleansing you is going to purge the earth of all the sin... See, it's purging us now spiritually, but one day it's going to purge the earth physically. But it's the same fire. It's not a mean fire. It's a blessed fire. But it's got to purge the earth of all the sin because there's going to be a new heaven and new earth and there's going to be no sin there. So if he removes the sin, it's not an ugly, mean thing. It's a good thing because he wants to bless his children and live in a place where there's no effects of sin. Are you with me? 
if I remove all the bad guys from the streets of Winsboro that won't run in who's smoking dope and doing drugs and, and all that um, synthetic mess and it's messing up your brain and you're driving crooked or you're drinking, if I get you off the streets and in prison, is that being mean to my daughter who's trying to drive uh, and doesn't want to hit one of you guys or you guys hit her? If I, if I put the bad guys in the prison, am I being mean to my daughter or, or mean to you or, or nice to my daughter? You understand? One day that fire that's cleansing us from all sin and ways of thinking, one day that fire is going to cleanse the earth. And it's not a mean thing, it's a good thing. Because we're going to live in a new heaven and new earth where there is no more sin. So I encourage you to start, hey, join the team now. Join the team now, man. By then it's too late. See, when Noah built the ark and the rain started coming, the people started banging on the door. And Noah said, I'm sorry, I didn't shut the door. I can't open it. God closed the ark. See, there's a day coming. The, the message of his grace is going out right now. But when he returns, it will be too late. Okay? Praise the Lord. Go with me back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus begins to teach his disciples about the end of the age. They ask a lot of questions. Twenty-four. We'll just start in verse one. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came to him and called attention to its buildings. Do you see all these buildings? He asked. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. They're looking at, you know, the great city of Jerusalem, all the, the buildings, the temple and everything. What a great city. And he said, look, not one stone's going to be left on another. And what he said happened just a few short years later, 70 A.D., the Romans came in and tore down the temple, tore up the buildings, everything. Just like he said, you know. That system is finished. It's no longer about the Jewish system of sacrifice at the temple. The Lamb of God has come. Now the words go into all the earth. We don't need this temple anymore. This is the temple now. You are the temple of the living God. So he tells them, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, there he is again. The place he ascended, the place he returned, he's sitting right there and the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, when will this happen? What will be the signs of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I'm the Christ. They will deceive many. There's many false religions out there. Want to deceive you, want to deceive your children. Folks, I told you last week, get your children in church. Demonstrate to them that you care about this Bible because they watch you read it. Okay? The enemy wants to deceive them. Watch that no one will deceive you. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See to it you're not alarmed. Such things will happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Earthquakes, various places. We've heard this for many years. We know it's true. Don't you know in Civil War, those mamas seeing their kids blown up and stuff in World War I, World War II, all those people gathered at the church hearing of their loved ones killed, 
Don't you know they were talking about the end times? Hey, could this be it? Is Jesus coming back? Look at all these wars. The whole world's at war. Yes, they did. Preachers were talking about World War II. Yes, they did again. Look at all the wars since then. What's going on? It's getting even crazier. Look at ISIS beheading people, killing Christians. All things. It's, it's now multiplied. I travel in Africa. There's, there's rebel groups in DR Congo attacking this one and this one. The Ebola outbreak there has now reached 1,000 people. There's a big um, hurricane in Mozambique, swamped a whole city, uh, huge, much huger than Katrina. There's things like this happening around the world daily. Jesus said here, it would be like birth pains to a woman. A woman's birth pains get more frequent and more intense as she's about to deliver. Well, the birth pains in the earth, in the governments, in the wars, in the climate and everything is going to get more frequent and more intense. But be not be troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't be alarmed. There's going to be trouble and trials, but he's overcome the world and we are in him. I'm just preaching the gospel and let us know we're to share all of it and we're to share about these things coming and the return of Christ as well to strengthen our people to be ready so it doesn't catch us off guard. We understand. Amen. We understand that these things are happening and will continue with more intensity. You've seen the battle in our own government in the last 10 years. Wouldn't you say it's gotten more intense? More intensely divided? Now the hatred between groups is, is vocal and expressed in ways it never was before. Okay? You know, attacking one another, it's gotten, gotten worse. It says here, verse 9, here's why. Here's why what's happening. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and to be put to death. That's, happened, that's happening now in many countries. Not so much here. But folks, we got brothers and sisters that we know. Brothers and sisters in other nations things going through a deeper persecution than what we're seeing now. And some are being handed over to death. The Christians in North Korea, family members are being handed over and put to death all the time. Those that are being caught in China right now. Do you know China has a system that's um, you know, bigger than, than the, the Facebook? They have their own system. But the government is tracking their moves on the phone. Their government is tracking who they see, where they go, what church they belong to, this, that, the other. And they give them social scores of how communist they are. And if they don't meet the score, they can't get a bank loan or can't do this or can't do that. It is cracking down in China. They're promoting it as this great country that has freedom and is growing and all of of this but no there's more persecution behind the scenes there than before in a long time it's happening more and more countries these things are changing and we praise the lord are called not to put our head in the sand but keep watch and be aware okay watch and be ready it says and you everybody say that's me will be Hated by all nations because of me. More and more, we're seeing that true. Not only the Christians, but the Jews are hated. You know, with all the things they're going through in Israel, Jerusalem, anytime they have to stand up with a wall or a fence to fight back against those who are sending bombs, the UN turns on Israel instead of the Palestinians. Okay? More and more, there was a, just a picture in a prominent newspaper with Netanyahu appearing as a dog 
leading a blind Donald Trump. Folks, the last time governments began to dehumanize the Jews was in the 40s, and it led to the concentration camps. So already the world is wanting to start dehumanizing the Jews and blaming them for the problems in Palestine and things. And more and more, people even in the U.S. are buying into it. Folks, these things are happening. We're going to be aware. We're getting ready for the return of our Lord and Savior. But I'm also preparing you for struggle and trial that's going to be happening around the earth and the shaking coming with more frequently and more intense. Don't let your heart be troubled. Encourage one another knowing that your king is going to return and he has already won the battle and the victory is in you. But let's don't be ignorant of what's to come. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Now, let's get try to finish this. I'm just going to summarize my notes here. We know, we've all heard if you've been in Christianity for any time, and I know there's a lot of new ones here. There's one that's going to rise up called the Antichrist. And there's scriptures in Revelation that says he will come up with a, there'll be a new world system, a new world economic system. There'll be a mark of the beast about uh, without which no man can buy or sell. And we, you know, 50 years ago, nobody understood how could this be, but now it's relatively easy to see with all of the people today. I rarely, like my kids, rarely you even carry cash anymore. Everything's on a number. It's on a card. You go to Walmart, buy my Cheerios and milk, give them the card, they flash the little computer, the little light on the, on the scanner. It gives the price. They you know, put my card in. It takes the money from my account, goes right into Walmart account. Bam. You know, right away. Well, folks, the only problem with that is one day people start having identity theft and losing their numbers and stuff. So it already makes sense to put your number under your skin. Okay. They're already doing that in some countries. They're getting chips implanted in their pets and getting chips implanted in their skin for some, for some reasons to have all of your stuff stored away. Well, it's leading up to that where one day, because of climate change, because of too many plastic straws in the ocean, because of all of these different global things, the leaders of global networks are meeting together and wanting to make rules on the whole world instead of just their country. They're wanting to make rules on how you can emit carbon gases. They want to make rules on what you can do here or there. They're wanting to, the, um, they're more and more they're having these big conferences on climate change, on world economics, all these things. They want to fix the world's problems in a human way. It's humanism. It's, hey, we'll eat from the tree of the garden. We'll become our own gods. We'll do things. We'll figure this out. And we as people can use our brain and make this better without you, God. That's what it is. It's an idol. But as this is happening, the United States has held back against the UN and the New World Order in a lot of ways. But folks, let me tell you, if the election goes the other way, this time or next, the people on the left, or on the wrong side, I should say, the people on the other side would quickly yield 
our sovereignty over to a new world power. Folks, I'm telling you, until the church, until the body of Christ is taken out of the way, we, the Holy Spirit in us, is what's holding this system from rising back. We're holding it back by standing strong. But as the rapture takes place, it will, the Antichrist will rise up and it'll sweep across the world quickly. There will still be witnesses on earth because God loves people. There will be 144,000 Jews. There'll be two powerful witnesses, probably Moses and Elijah. There'll be witnesses, and people will still have the opportunity to be saved, most of them Jews. But I'm telling you, this is coming, and the way I see it from reading prophecy is, you know, as, as long as we're holding things back, but for you and I both know what's going on in politics, the left keeps pushing forward even though we're holding them back. The agenda for homosexuality in the nations, the agenda, LGBTQ, they've added a few more letters, I don't know what they are, can't imagine or fathom, you know, the, the agenda for abortion even at the last month or even after the baby's born, the agenda to yield your sovereignty for your businesses over to a one world climate government, all of this is being pushed and pushed and pushed. We're standing strong, holding it back, but folks, I want to tell you, you know, people say, well, you know, there's no way they could win after what's all been done good. Oh, yeah? Well, they just took back the House. If they go House, Senate, and President, I'm telling you and prophesying to you that things will change quick. You'll be hated by all nations more and more. I'm praying that doesn't happen in our lifetime or our children, that we can continue to hold it back and give us more time to get the word out. There's still a lot of good things going on, a lot of good to do. But I'm telling you to keep watch. The Bible tells us in this last verse, I was going to share with you, I'll just summarize. It doesn't say no one knows the day or the hour, so let's don't talk about this. Let's don't look at it. Let's don't preach about it. Hey, no one knows the day or hour, so why are you talking about it? Hey, we're just going to go on. No, no, no. It says no one that knows the day or hour, so keep watch. It says look at it. Study it. Talk about it in your small groups. Preach about it. Encourage the people. Strengthen them. I want you watching and being ready. It doesn't say no one knows the day or hour, so let's don't read Revelation. Let's don't look at Ezekiel. Let's don't think about this. Hey, it's been happening since World War I, World War II, so hey, I don't have to worry about it. No, no. It says no one knows the day or hour, so you better watch closely. So we're like a watchman on the wall, helping watch with you and for you. Church, Praise God. I'm going to close. The, uh, Jesus Christ has won this battle. But it still has to play out physically in the earth. Okay? So recognize that. Bring your kids to church. Study the word at home. Pray with one another. Be close. The world's shaken, and it's going farther away. The body of Christ is getting closer to each other and to him. As the darkness is in the earth the light is going to shine even brighter and so in the meantime praise god we're going to take this gospel preach to pastors and leaders carry it to the ends of the earth keep reaching out in the locally and in our ministries and fresh start let's be a let's be a part in these last days expanding his kingdom amen, amen. father i want to thank you for all of these folks gathered here today 
I pray especially now for those who are baptized. Praise God, I pray, Lord God, you will quicken in their spirit to understand that they have died. They are no longer addicted. They are no longer a sinner. They are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Lord God, let them become aware of it more and more. Lord, bless every home, every family. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are our victory. We look forward to your return. In Jesus' name, amen.